This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. I'm Brian Tetta, executive producer of The View. It's Tuesday, and I'm here with Alyssa Farrah Griffin. This is Behind the Table. All right, Alyssa, it is Tuesday. We had our pooch pageant last week. Uh, Anna is barely speaking to anybody about it. How did Herbie deal with his loss? <sighs> well, Herbie was robbed. Um, no, it, okay, it was such a fun day. Uh, but I have to say, so the Hostin dogs, beautiful dogs, actually quite well behaved backstage. But I'm not kidding. That's the biggest animal my puppy's ever seen. Mm-hmm. So one, the bigger one walks over to Herbie and he looks at me looks at the dog, looks at me, and is like, Mom, that's a bear! Like, just starts shaking and, like, growls at it. So I had to carry him in the corner and console him. There was some post, some pregame intimidation going on. There was some real intimidation. Um, So I was trying to get him back in a good headspace, but I think he was too nervous to do his trick. And the trick he was supposed to do was he he walks on two feet. Like, he kind of jumps on his hind legs. Right. And usually if he wasn't nervous, he would have done that when he sees me. But you know what? There's always next year. We're going to come back strong. We're going to take down the Hostin dogs. Yeah. I mean, I think there's going to be uh, there definitely has to be some sort of follow up to this because um, people are very uh, out of sorts. Well, you know, and I didn't realize that there really needed to be a talent. I thought it was more of just show up and be cute. So we're going to be working on our tricks this year. OK, that's good. I um, like the idea of a goal. There wasn't really too much talent on display, but there was some <laughs> sitting with the help of you, I feel treats. like. Um, Sonny's dogs walk her. She does mm-hmm. not walk them, Yeah, which should have been noticed by the judges. But yeah, we're yeah. going to come back strong next year. Well, listen, it is not, uh, it, I, I'm now thinking I might bring my dog next year. I might, I might enter Ooh. the ring. I think, uh, you, you know, should, yeah. we do, we could use another dog on the stage. I, I also so. bet Sarah will get a dog soon. Yeah. I think wait, so wait till too. the kids are a little older, but she's a dog person. All right, Then we'll come back strong. We'll see what happens. Um, but I'm probably going to just have Anna win so I don't get yelled at. <laughs> um, all right. Well, now you've been wanting to talk about Taylor Swift reigniting her feud with Kim Kardashian. Um, we've had this in Hot Topics a couple times, but we've had so much going on on the show. There really hasn't been room. Um, she or did... the executive producer didn't think it was a lead segment. <laughs> a lead segment? No. I mean, you know. Forget even... the election. Forget the wars. <laughs> forget <laughs> Texas. Taylor drama. Yeah. Taylor and Kim. Listen, there's no uh, bigger Taylor fan than I am. Um, but as people know... Taylor's the person of the year. She gave some new information in this interview that she did where she kind of um, called back to her feud from 2016 when Kim released a heavily edited video conversation between Taylor and Kanye West. Taylor said Kim made her look like a liar and put her in a very dark place. Swifties are going after Kim again, flooding her comments with snake emojis. Reputation here. Um, what do you think this is all about? And I believe she's lost like a million followers. Wow. Um, which is just the power of Taylor. So a couple of things. Um, I think that it was fair of Taylor to bring up. That was obviously a significant moment for her in her life. And to the smallest degree that I could even pretend to relate to Taylor Swift's level of fame, there's nothing harder in this job than hearing what people think about me or believe about me that I'll never be able to convince them otherwise. It's not true. And you just have to accept it. Like that's been the biggest learning thing for me in the last two years, whether it's like who I am as a person, my character, my marriage, like when you're in the spotlight, everything is fair game to people. And Whoopi's been instrumental in helping me realize like you'll never be able to control what people on the outside feel. So to tail on the tailor of it, is it really to change how a lot of people saw her? 
it was the first time that she wasn't just America's sweetheart. And it was like, oh, maybe she is shady. And it was kind of this whisper campaign. And I think people's minds about her changed. But here's my here's my prediction or hope for the future. I actually think there might be room for reconciliation between Kim and Taylor. So that's that's a big it's a big claim. But um, this happened when Kim was married to Kanye, who we know is now is extremely problematic, um, has done, you know, said very hurtful and divisive things. And rereading through it now with the vantage point we have of knowing the person he is in 2023, I think in some ways they were both victims in it. And I say that as the lines he wanted to use with Taylor, whether it's claiming we might sleep together, taking credit for her fame, using a word I won't repeat about her, all of those are so unfair and she had every right to be offended by them. But he also dismisses Kim's feelings where he makes this like casual reference to, oh, my wife doesn't want me to use the line like we might still sleep together. And then he used it in the song. Mm -hmm. So I wonder if there could be this is me being hopeful because I like them both down the road, a coming together of like, I was in a bad place with a person who wasn't my person. I'm sorry for this. But I do think Kim has to own it. I think it was incredibly shady. And I I feel like Taylor could forgive that. And I feel Take like him out of the equation. Kim has the ability to do that because of everything Kanye has done. It's not too hard for her to distance herself now. And we've seen this before with Taylor. Taylor and Katy Perry were yeah. very, very far apart. Yeah. Now they're cool. She She's shown that she's willing to forgive people even when she feels very wronged. Um, and I also think that Kim would recognize that looking back, like, it's funny how even just like that was, what, five, four or five years ago? Yeah. You have the hindsight of like, wow, that was all so problematic. And by the way, can I just mention, she was like multi-platinum. She had one video of the year. So him claiming that he made her famous, like, it's just, it's so arrogant. It's It's, ridiculous. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. But um, yeah, I mean, you know, Taylor continues to be a hot topic here. The relationship with Travis, everything else. So we will continue going on this for sure. Um, Now, I just have to say, Kim has claimed she did not edit the video. So I said before that it was heavily edited. She has said before that she has not edited the video. I guess time will tell. Yeah, and even so, what wasn't edited out was bothersome enough to me. Agreed. Agreed. And the way he used Taylor in the music video, I I would be so deeply angry for, like, every level of betrayal there. All right, well, moving on to something equally important, let's talk some Bravo. (laughs) Um, Now, first, there was this whole Reality Reckoning article that came out last month. We talked about it a little bit. It seemed like it was going to be this big, giant thing, but then nothing—there weren't really any, like, major revelations. Did did anything really change, you think? I mean— no, I think I expected it to be a little bigger than it was. Um, Ebony Williams is who stood out to me, and Ebony's told her story before and been super outspoken about how she was treated, the racial components she faced, and basically being treated as like a you know backup player or whatever in a season that she was such a big star in. Some of the others, it was a lot about you know drinking on set and things that I didn't feel like. The others were so distinctly Bravo's fault and not just the participants. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, it made me think of Lala Kent, who we had on the show earlier this season. And we asked her after all the Vanderpump drama where, like, there's rumors people might not return. And she said something that cracked Whoopi up, which was so honest, which was like, oh, no, we were all dying to be on TV. There's no way we're not going on. <laughs> and I think that's kind of what you have to take into it is we've seen people's marriages fall apart on these shows. We've seen people go to jail on some of these shows. And people still, they want the fame, they want the relevance, and they they do seem to enjoy it. So kudos to people who use their voice in a, in a way that was important, because I think Ebony influenced, now you watch some of these shows, there's so much more diversity, there's so much more representation that wasn't there beforehand. But some of it felt, beyond that, felt a little bit flat to me and felt like, I don't know, 
I mean, now I feel like you know what you're getting into when you go on a reality yeah. show. And maybe that wasn't always the case. What's the first reality show you remember watching and caring about? I mean, I think I feel like Survivor was the original, but mm-hmm. with more people's personal lives. Like it, real world stuff like that? Oh, or are you yeah, too real old? World. Or are you yeah. too young for that? No, early. I probably wasn't allowed to watch, but I did. Yeah. But yeah, even that, I don't think people early on knew like, oh, shoot, this is going to follow you the rest of your life. And it's probably, you know, compensation that's not something you could necessarily live off of. But then on the the other side, people turn into huge, you know, A-list names from some of these programs. Right. No, there's definitely opportunity for people to make something out of it and create a brand for themselves. But there's so much downside if it goes the there's other so way. Much. But this is what I would say is the, the average, what you do learn in the article, the average salary of a lot of these, you know, housewives and different stars isn't actually super high unless you're, you know, uh, Kyle Richards or one of the kind of leads of a show that's been around. It's what you can do with that fame. And that's where someone like Ariana Maddox, after the Scandal cheating, you know, scandal took place. Right. She said yes to every single brand. She was selling batteries. She was selling like, <laughs> I want to say like garbage. Like she did everything. She's now going to be on Broadway in Chicago. Like that's how you take something that maybe semi-toxic and turn it into something really big for yourself. Right. At the end of the day, maybe this was a good thing that happened to her, which is... I mean, yeah, she got away from the worm. Yeah, there you go. And (laughs) And made a lot of money. (laughs) We had Matt Rogers on last week, and he's a big uh, Bravo guy and was talking about uh, Housewives and The View and just noticing kind of like the vibe from our artwork from the beginning of the year was kind of giving Housewives (laughs) and a couple other things. And then he said, the truth is, he said, Sonny Hostin is made for Real Housewives. I'm telling you, that's going to be her... She will never retire. She will transition into being a her real, side gig. A, yeah, a real yeah. housewife. <laughs> um, no, and even the uh, the New York reboot did the old view shot with yes. like the city skyline. So no, yeah. there's definitely some overlap. But Sunny would be a great housewife. That's what he was saying. Of, of everybody, yeah. he's like Sunny is the one who would just walk in day one and and dominate and become a, a housewife star. I would in a wash second. it. <laughs> yeah, I know you would. All right. So Southern Charm, you're really into this show. Tell me what's going on with Taylor and Shep. Okay, so I've watched Southern Charm since the beginning. I don't I don't know if it's in DC there's a huge Southern contingency. Mm-hmm. I never thought I'd have so many friends with like deep Southern accents who <laughs> went to SEC schools. And I weirdly know a ton about Southern culture now as a Californian. So I was obsessed with this show. Um and it's had it's had a good run. The season has been incredibly dramatic and uh, Okay, so Shep and Taylor Taylor dated for, you know, well over a year. There's a significant age difference. I want to say it's like 15 years or something. And Shep is one of the original cast members. He's, um, with all due respect, like a trust fund gentleman in his 40s who's never really worked and has, you know, just money that appears in the mail for him. And Taylor's this 20-something who's young, beautiful, comes off really innocent. She's working as like a dental hygienist. They break up because he randomly cheats on her, and she's, to put it mildly, is going through it this season. She's done some toxic things. She, you know, may or may not have hooked up with one of his best friends, who's mm. one of her best friend's exes. Um, I found it oddly relatable. She's gone a lot. Far- <laughs> she's gone a lot farther than I did in my worst breakups. But there is, in your twenties, the first time that you have your heart broken, and the other person just does not even seem phased by your pain. A lot of times you can act out to get attention and like wanting to hurt them back. Mm-hmm. But it's the worst thing you can do for your own soul. Um, and it's a little bit hard to watch because you see how much she's going through it and doesn't – nobody's really supporting her in it. And I get that she's alienated a lot of people. But my hope for her, because I do think she's lovely and has a good head on her shoulders, is forget Shep, move on, find a nice guy closer in her age who like respects her having a job and who himself has a job 
and put this drama behind her. I feel like you want to like mentor her. I would love to the mentor her. Taylor, Taylor call me. <laughs> reach out to Alyssa and she'll guide you through this. Yes. She's been there. She's come out on the other side <laughs> yes. and she's doing great. <laughs> Yeah, I think that's good. Let's, let's do this. You, I think the idea of you coaching these people. Wait, can I say one other thing on of Southern Charm? Okay. This is my only thing that I want to take up with the show is part of the Taylor saga is there was um, a questionable photo of her that was shared. She had sent to one of the men, not her ex, um, I think to get back at him and I think whatever. But he then showed it to other cast members and it mm-hmm. became a discussion that on the show was used to attack her. And I was frustrated. I don't agree with her sending it to him. But, like, in the year of our Lord 2023, we're still slut-shaming women. We're still bordering into, like, the revenge porn space. Like, that's that's utterly inappropriate. If someone sends you something that's for your eyes, delete it and move on. And I thought she was incredibly mistreated in that situation. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, I, I again, as a father of daughters, yeah, it's I'm just terrifying. like, never take a photo. Don't take a photo of yourself looking like Even, bored or yeah. silly or anything else if you don't want everyone you ever met to see it. Yep. I am terrified that we're raising kids in the iPhone generation or yeah. I someday will be raising yeah. kids to be clear, not today. No, sure. I mean, it's, it's really terrifying. Yes, you're in fact uh, not raising kids right now <laughs> um, to clarify. All right. The trailer for um, Vanderpump Rules was released this is our our favorite. We come back to it constantly. What did you think? Oh, it looks so messy. I mean, <laughs> like if you thought Scandaval was bad, it looks like it's just getting even more chaotic. Um, I'm going to absolutely watch it. I cannot wait. Um, but I also am like, do these people not realize they can date out of the friend group? There are so many other human beings in the world, especially in L.A. Um, we I mean, Ariana is still living with Tom. That that is that's my one issue. I I. Ariana is a queen. I can't wait to go see her in Chicago. Vicky, producer, and I are going to go see her. But you've now had the success. Go start clean. Get, you know, rent for mm-hmm. a while if you need to. But you cannot cohabitate with an ex, especially one who did you dirty, no matter how big the house is, and, like, that be a healthy environment. And then, like, there's a Sheena Shea hooking up with Schwartz, who's Katie's ex-husband. The whole thing looks like it's going to be chaotic. And while I love to watch it, I think for some of these people, they may need to expand their dating pool beyond the immediate friend group. I think so. Yeah, I, I think that seems very, very messy. Um, all right. Speaking of messy, the show and the podcast are constantly making news. You alluded to this before. So before we go, I wanted to kind of get go through some of the headlines featuring you this past year and get your reaction. Because every side comment, every kind of illusion someone makes ends up with a clickbait headline. And I thought we'd run through a few of them. Oh, great. All right. Let's start with this one. The View star Alyssa Farah Griffin, hey, View star, that's nice, yeah. is on a spectrum of sexuality and would date a woman. Now, this, I, I uh, we called back to this after the first comment, and I think doing that, unfortunately, made it a very big story. I but walked tell me, myself into this yeah. one. Um, no, and not kidding, my mom sent me the article and was like, <laughs> hey, um, who would be totally supportive? That just of was course. news to her. Um, yeah. No, I did. Okay, honestly, what I meant by that was more, I'm so in love with and committed to my husband, the idea of ever dating someone else or marrying someone else is like not even something I could imagine. So if I were in that situation, I would be like, okay, I'm trying something completely new and finding a woman. Okay. I'm again, doubling down on the headline. Yeah, no, and that's <laughs> but fine. I think that and, makes yeah, sense. I've heard is. other people say that before. Absolutely. And, and I think Sarah Haynes agrees with me yeah, on that. Yeah. Well, sure. <laughs> um, all right. And then we have Alyssa Farah Griffin slams Jada Pinkett Smith for oversharing will drama. I stand by that headline completely. There we go. They're still doing it. She's still oversharing. Yeah, and I'm here for all of it. I'm (laughs) reading all of it. I love it. Um, All right. Alyssa Farrah Griffin calls executive producer of The View a masochist for uh, pitting pitting her against rival Stephanie Grisham during auditions. (laughs) 
<laughs> I think maybe sadist is what you were looking sadist. for and not yeah, masochist. Not masochist. Wrong, yeah. um, wrong word, but um, stand by that as well. Although she and I, I literally, I remember coming on and being like, oh, I did such a good job today. Like, this is this is going the way I think. And then, like, seeing on the board. And tomorrow, it was Stephanie Grisham. And I was just like, oh, okay. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I, I didn't mind the idea of, like, you, like, trying to up your game after right? seeing the other one. Like, uh, that was definitely part of it. Which is kind of a standard thing here. Like, it's like if one person does something ridiculous and the other person is going to try to outdo it. But she and I are dear friends now. And mm-hmm. it worked out very well. And I'm proud of her running her animal charity I like her, too. Um, So I'm happy for her. Yeah, absolutely. All right, here's another one. Uh, Alyssa Farah Griffin laughs off Whoopi Goldberg asking if she is pregnant. This was certainly a highlight of the year. Um, Any any thoughts on that experience still come up? (laughs) Literally still. I mean— so many people, like friends you haven't caught up with in forever, and I never got to like have the conversation that, ha that was a just live crazy moment, and no, I'm not pregnant. I, I guarantee over the Christmas holiday when I see family, there's going to be people like, you know, looking for a baby bump and reaching around. Um, hilarious in retrospect, but I think the part that I can't get away from is the picture of me shocked and like covering my <laughs> face. That's now like my Google image search. That's probably gonna become my Wikipedia picture. I is like so. being called pregnant on national television. Yeah, it's not an unflattering picture, but it's definitely it was just like a stunned. Yeah, it's definitely your Wikipedia entry <laughs> yeah. forever. Yes. Um, I, occasionally they'll reuse photos of me, and there's like one I like out of the fifty That's freeze frames of me looking horrified or. <laughs> Like kind of schlubby and oh, I, I can't stand most of them. But there's one good one that I always cross my fingers for. Um, uh, Trump was like that. He had like one photo he liked used. And if they used a different one on TV, he'd make a staffer call and they like, call Fox News right now. They're using the wrong photo. <laughs> they know what they're doing. Petty. Of course. Um, all right. Alyssa Farrah Griffin says only Taylor Swift could defeat Trump. Actually, so I'm. I, I stand by the fact that Taylor Swift could defeat Trump. Sure. Or Biden or anybody or else. Biden. That, that was the point is Taylor Swift could beat anyone. She, I actually think Donald Trump's very beatable. Yes. That was the only thing that I didn't like about that headline. And I misspoke. Mm-hmm. And she's um, not old enough to be president. Well, yeah. that that too. We're the same age. We're almost old enough. Um, I No, I th- it's funny. I think he's totally beatable um, if Democrats run somebody who's strong enough to beat him. But I think Taylor Swift could command a strong amount of influence in the election. And she hasn't shied away from she weighed in on the Tennessee uh, Senate race a couple years ago. She's called young people out to vote. I think even just I don't know. I don't feel like it's right to put the burden on celebrities to be like you have to do political endorsements or you have to. But even just getting her young fans to come out and to register and to make sure they vote. That's enough to have a huge impact on an election. Yeah, Joy's obsessed with the fact that she, she was able it. to do that and had that kind of power. And, and I wonder wants... if Joy knows she endorsed the Democrat in Tennessee. She'll like her even more. <laughs> I think she would. I can't get Joy to listen to her music for any amount of time. I think I think she'd love it if she actually yeah. sat down and listened. But I can't. I can't. I have to like hack her Pandora playlist, <laughs> which is only um, who does she listen to? Like Stevie Nicks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she likes Gaga. She likes okay. some people, but yeah. Um, on the same vein, it was uh, Rachel Maddow uh, jokes that the View star Alyssa Farrah Griffin should challenge Trump for president. There we go. I loved that one. <laughs> that was pretty good. Yeah, I, she was a very cool guest to have on. The thing with her is like, disagree with her, agree with her. She's like a freaking Rhodes Scholar. She's so smart. She's so smart. <laughs> you just and I, I steal lines from her regularly because I'll be like, well, Rachel Maddow said on our show mm-hmm. because then my Democratic host can't argue with me because no. her, her word is gold. <laughs> her word is is, is absolutely uh, important, but the. So, I mean, here's a question for you, though, and I don't mean to put you on the spot, but if you, I mean, you know, we were joking that you're not old enough to run for president, but do you see yourself pursuing office at any point? Is that something you'd consider? I, 
Um, I loved government service. Mm-hmm. I think that it's a That's really... why I'm asking. Yeah, because I know it was important to you. Yeah. It was important to me. I think um, it's a very toxic political environment. And for especially someone like me who is um, outside of the base of my party and much more on probably in the moderate space or more of a national Republican. Yeah. I think it would be it would be hard to run somewhere other than a swing district. And even so, it, it, just not at this juncture. I want to see I want to see this era of just like absolute negativity in politics and like hyper partisanship on the right. I'm still praying that it like course corrects and we get back to a place where you can, you know, you can have nuanced views on certain subjects and still wear the R letter and, you know, still vote with the party. But we're we're very much kind of falling into the trap of the shrinking, you know, tent that we're all in as Republicans. And frankly, that's our biggest risk in a national election is you is just alienating too many people by not allowing different viewpoints in a Republican primary. When you first got into public service and you first started doing jobs like you were, was that something that was in the back of your mind? It used to be a lot more than it is now. Yeah. I always I I didn't have any kind of core plan because frankly, I was a D.C. resident for the last decade. So there wasn't mm-hmm. like there's a district you run in. But I always thought maybe down the road I would I would run for Congress. I loved working in Congress. Right. And the, a lot of the stuff that's actually interesting, like the constituent services side of things, is not what you ever hear about now. It's all the, you know, influencers and like the tweeting and like everyone has a podcast. And I like government service for the actual work that you do. So maybe down the road. Yeah. I can't imagine going to work in the White House every day and not wondering a little bit like, oh, well, wouldn't it be cool to, you know. (laughs) Yeah. I was I was when we were at the White House Christmas party, I was like trying to show Sarah around to everything. And she was just like, I can't believe you worked here. And I kind of didn't it doesn't strike you in the moment. Feels and like then, a different life. Yeah, and yeah. then you go back and you're like, oh my goodness, this was my life every day. All right, well now your life, back to the headlines. <laughs> Alyssa Farrah Griffin's shirt confuses everyone at The View. <laughs> Do you remember this? It, 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 tell the audience what this was. It was this gorgeous <laughs> Alexander Wang uh, top that Fran Taylor, our amazing stylist, picked out for me. And I loved it. And Fran wears a lot of sort of like cool menswear type stuff. And it looked mm-hmm. like something she'd wear. So I was like, oh, I'm going to rock this. I apparently put it on completely sideways. <laughs> and like mid-segment, Joy's like, what's going on with that? Whoopi wanted to cut the shirt, but out of respect for the designer, we ended up like altering it. And I was just completely wearing it wrong. <laughs> like it, di- it didn't even make sense. Like it was hard to move in it the way I did it. Um, but yeah, that was a good one. That, that was, was a great one. That was a favorite of mine. <laughs> yeah, that and uh, you had the iconic cherry sweater, which people seem to enjoy so also. I loved it. Um, I, I kept that sweater. That was one for the history books. Yeah, <laughs> the absolutely. The history books. Absolutely. All right. So we're it's uh, we're in the home stretch now. We just have a couple more shows left for this week. Are you enjoying the uh, holiday era on The View? I love it. It's my favorite time of year on the show. Um, we still have to do some heavy topics because they're important. Uh, but I love the festivity. I love the music. We had train perform. Mm-hmm. Um, the decorations are amazing. Like, it's just the best time. Yeah, of it's year great. And on that set, listening to Christmas music. And then we've right. got Darlene coming on I in a couple days, wait. which is so much fun. And um, and then we oh we had an event Nicole Brown get engaged today that, that was, was fun so so fun it's kind of a happy joyous yeah. fun time and there's more to come uh, tomorrow on the show with the cast of color purple and lots of more surprises and some hot topics and we'll go from there oh and then of course I'd be remiss if I didn't say Joy got COVID yeah yeah so, so we're thinking of that, her I know I was bummed because I we probably won't see her till next year yeah um, unfortunately she's down for the holidays but we are sending our best wishes to her absolutely and hopefully she'll be back soon yeah. all right. Well, thank you very, very much. Um, let's see. Uh, tomorrow, I will be back with Sonny Hostin. And as a reminder, Behind the Table will be taking a break while The View is on hiatus starting this Friday. We'll be back in the new year on Tuesday, January 2nd. Thank you for listening. And now Alyssa and I are going to the uh, Christmas party. Woo! That'll be fun. Yeah, All right. right. Thanks, everybody. 
Hey, I'm Andy Mitchell, a New York Times bestselling author. And I'm Sabrina Kohlberg, a morning television producer. We're moms of toddlers and best friends of 20 years. And we both love to talk about being parents, yes, but also pop culture. So we're combining our two interests by talking to celebrities, writers, and fellow scholars of TV and movies. Cinema, really. About what we all can learn from the fictional moms we love to watch. From ABC Audio and Good Morning America, Pop Culture Moms is out now wherever you listen to podcasts.